Hi, this is Stefan Freischem. I'm Deputy Secretary General of the German IP Association, GRUR, and you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 16. Today we have an interview with Stefan Freischem, former Secretary General of AIPPI and now Deputy Secretary General of GRUR, G-R-U-R. I will tell you about a Chinese company that developed a generic version of Viagra. And before we jump into the interview, Ken has a story about Amazon Prime Air and issues with the FAA and trademark issues. Amazon.com, headquartered in Seattle, Washington, is turning what seems to be science fiction into reality. Rather than waiting the standard five to seven business days to receive a package, Amazon's goal is to have the package delivered to the consumer in 30 minutes or less. Amazon plans to use new technology for their delivery method, often referred to as a drone or unmanned aerial vehicle, or UAV, under the mark Prime Air. The idea of having a drone deliver a package may raise some questions, both being good and bad. What standards and regulations will be created in order to ensure safety? When will consumers start seeing Prime Air as a delivery option? How long will it take to develop such technology? Amazon seems to have the answers to the many questions that have been asked. The company claims that the technology is ready for use, but the company must gain FAA approval. The public's concerns include issues such as safety, the privacy of the package, theft, and damage risks to the drones. Many consumers believe that Prime Air has too much hype to it and will not become a reality in the near future. One of Amazon's many responses to criticism is hiring a team of individuals to create and perfect the drone, such as scientists, aeronautical engineers, and a former NASA astronaut. Names include Paul Viola, who is an MIT PhD and has worked with Microsoft, Avi Barziv, who sold Keyhole Inc., which was turned into Google Earth, NASA astronaut Neil Woodward, and many more noteworthy names. Alongside with Amazon, Google has also been working on a drone-type delivery system. Their program is named Project Wing. Project Wing's drones physically look very different than Amazon's, but in regards towards what they'll be delivering, Google has different plans. As of now, Google plans on delivering packages in disaster relief situations versus Amazon's product delivery to consumers. And if concerns with the FAA aren't enough, Amazon is also facing multiple 2D likelihood of confusion refusals in their trademark and service mark application for Prime Air, filed on May 21st, 2014. Registrations for Prime and Prim Air are just a few of the federal registrations that were cited in an office action issued to Amazon Technologies, Inc., the applicant of Prime Air. Amazon states that the drones will have the prime air delivery options within 10 miles of a warehouse, delivering the package at speeds over 
50 miles per hour. Once the FAA grants Amazon permission to begin using the drones, Amazon will likely begin to deliver packages that weigh less than 5 pounds, which covers 86% of products sold. Amazon hopes that the FAA's regulations will be in place in early 2015, and consumers may regularly see Prime Air vehicles in the sky, making Amazon Prime drones as normal as seeing mail trucks on the road today. Thank you, Ken, for this cool story about the drones of Amazon. So next up is the interview with Stefan Freischem. I'm very excited today to be joined by Stefan Freischem. Stefan Freischem is partner in my law firm, Patent Attorneys Freischem. And as you might guess from his name, his father founded the firm. And uh, Stefan had a quite illustrious career so far. And the last four years, he spent as a, as a secretary general of AIPPI. And uh, since he is not lazy after this stint, uh, he is now Deputy Secretary General of GRUR, GRUR, a German uh, IP association. Thank you for being on the show, Stefan. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Well, um, I joined the profession officially about 20 years ago, but if uh, both your parents are IP attorneys, Uh, I joined the profession short after my birth. Um, I'm in this firm for about 20 years now. Before joining the firm, I studied mechanical engineering in, uh, in Aachen, which is a city very close to Cologne. And during my uh, technical studies, I focused very much on IP systems in uh, mechanical engineering, um, engine control and engine simulation. So uh, on top of the mechanical uh, stuff, I picked up some IT know-how, which is very useful for my professional work now. All right. So um, since you have been in the AIPPI Association for quite a long time and served in the board for the last eight years, maybe you can tell our listeners what AIPPI is? Certainly. Um, AIPPI is the oldest um, international IP association. It's the only IP association that um, includes um, all forms of industrial property and uh, copyright. It has been founded in 1897 um, by a number of European groups and now it stretches over all of Europe, all of North America, most of South America and Asia and a couple of African countries and of course Australia and New Zealand. Um, AIPPI has almost 9,000 members around the globe and they represent more than 100 countries. And what do you think uh, is AIPPI currently aiming for? So what are the current issues? What are your aims? Well, I have to admit that the current issues do not differ too much from the original issues a hundred years ago. Um, AIPPI's objective has always been to promote the understanding of the need of a balanced IP protection system and of international harmonization of the IP protection systems around the world. Um, AIPPI has been um, founded in the wake of the Paris Convention and um, and the Madrid trademark system and AIPPI has accompanied um, the 
um, founding and installation of most international IP protection systems, including uh, the PCT system, including the European patent system. So um, uh, as long as we have the international harmonization of, AI, uh, of IP protection, AIPPI has always strived to um, to improve the existing mechanisms and to make IP protection accessible and reliable for all players. That's really interesting to hear for our listeners what AIPPI is about, um, since most of our listeners are from the US and might not be too familiar with the AIPPI. And I hope we can raise awareness among the American intellectual property professionals for this or, uh, fine organization. So what have been the most gratifying moments in your time as a secretary general for AIPPI? Before coming to the special moments, I would like to comment on the, uh, um, on the listeners from the United States. Um, they're not as far from AIPPI as one uh, would think because for a number of years now, um, the U.S. group of AIPPI is actually an integral group of AIPLA, and most IP experts in the States are very well aware of um, AIPLA and uh, members of that organization. So um, the um, aim of harmonizing IP law around the world uh, through AIPPI is pursued by first investigation, this, uh, investigating the status quo in the different jurisdictions and then um, uh, drawing conclusions and making proposals for harmonization. In order to do that, you have to have the uh, correct representation from the different jurisdictions in your association. So AIPPI is very proud to have the strongest player in IP, which is AIPLA, um, closely linked to the national group in the United States so that we know we get firsthand information of one of the most active players in IP from the United States into our association. And I have to tell you that uh, this um, this close liaison between AIPLA and AIPPI in the US is part of one of the most interesting parts of AIPPI's activities, that is our amicus briefs activities. Um, ever since I joined the Bureau, AIPPI has um, significantly uh, increased its activities in filing amicus briefs, statements and observations with courts and other authorities in uh, relevant IP cases. Um, in the U.S. Supreme Court, AIPPI has filed amicus briefs on the Bilski case, the Mayo case, and the Alice case. Um, AIPPI has submitted observations to the Enlarged Board of Appeal of the European Patent Office um, in a biotech case and in the famous G3 of 08 case on the rules for um, patent protection for computer-implemented inventions. Um, AIPLA's experience in drafting and submitting amicus briefs have been a great help and um, 
we very actively uh, interact with our members from the United States uh, in the sector of filing amicus briefs. Another uh, very important um, aspect was AIPPI's uh, initiative in the um, Standing Committee of Patents of WIPO. Um, AIPPI is um, one of the oldest observers to all activities of WIPO and participates in the committee meetings. Um, we have started about a decade ago, well, one and a half decades ago, um, to uh, closely investigate the issue of um, privilege for uh, IP advisors. Everybody knows if they go to a lawyer that the legal advice is privileged. Um, the situation for um, legal advice or advice in patent law from a non-lawyer is completely uh, diverse around the globe. Um, and international companies uh, often lose their privilege uh, nowadays because they um, they contact the non-lawyer who's not privileged um, in their international activities. So AirPPI's work uh, was uh, thankfully supported by WIPO and integrated into the work of WIPO's standing committee. There were long discussions and the uh, uh, issue was, was well shaped in this framework, but it seemed impossible to uh, obtain a... Um, um, a decision of WIPO uh, and its standing committee on uh, patents uh, on the privilege issue. So currently ARPPI is um, um, supporting a multilateral initiative outside of WIPO uh, for moving the um, industrial uh, countries of North America, Europe and Oceania to uh, um, come to a solution of this aspect. We have been successful in Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand, they did adopt laws that uh, got rid of the privilege problems for patent attorneys, and we are uh, certainly hopeful to see a similar success in other um, common law countries. So these were kind of your. Uh, most important achievements uh, within the last years and of course they are still ongoing. Um, are there any other things that, other aspects that might have uh, been important in the last couple of years? For example, there is discussion about uh, grace period and other issues. What is your stance on this? Uh, thanks for this question. Of course, um, AIPPI has um, uh, closely followed and participated in the uh, so-called Tegernsee process, um, a joint initiative of the EPO, the JPO and the USPTO uh, with a number of national European patent officers in order to, um, um, to study the most pressing substantive patent law harmonization issues after the uh, America Invents Act has solved the first to file question. Um, grace period is very much uh, on top of the list. Um, prior user rights is a, an issue that is closely linked to grace periods and therefore makes sense to be 
investigated in the same context. The third issue is unpublished prior art, and the fourth issue is the publication of patent applications, which is not yet 18 months for all uh, inventions. Um, ARPPI has investigated uh, the grace period question um, and the prior user rights in parallel with the uh, IP office uh, studies, and ARPPI has come to even stronger statements, in particular in support of the grace period, than uh, most of the offices. Um, ARPPI is very honored to um, to be uh, acknowledged by the IP authorities around the world in its initiatives. For example, in Japan, we have been invited this year to uh, co-organize um, a joint seminar with the uh, Japan Patent Office on the issues of um, substantive harmonization focusing on grace period. And ARPPI will certainly continue to um, um, to um, work on this field. Uh, these substantive patent law questions are around for decades and it will take uh, patience and a lot of effort to really come to a conclusion in this field. In the very beginning, I promised our listeners to also uh, tell you a little bit more about uh, GRUA, which is a German Intellectual Property Association, uh, spelled G-R-U-R. -R. So what is uh, GRUA exactly all about? Um, GRUA um, is um, very similar to um, AIPPI. Um, I have met with a delegation from Korea about two or three years ago uh, at a GRUA meeting and I um, considered uh, how to introduce GRUA to our people from Korea. Of course, they did know AIPPI because the Korean group of AIPPI is a strong one. Um, I was um, tempted to say that uh, GRUA is the German sister of AIPPI. Uh, and I found out that GRUA is more of a parent of ARPPI because GRUA is six years older. It's been founded in 1891. And the uh, the first secretary general of GRUA is actually the founding secretary general of ARPPI and one of the initiators of this uh, international association. So in a nutshell, um, GRUA is the German equivalent to AIPPI. If you look at it more closely, you will find um, a lot of differences. While AIPPI strives to include all players in the field of IP, that includes the judges, the universities, industry, and of course the profession uh, and the authorities, government, uh, Gruhe is already there. One of the reasons why Gruhe is so successful in having very strong and very uh, active contributions from the courts, from the government, um, is that Gruhe has always been the most significant force in the education of IP uh, matters. Gruhe considers itself a scientific association um, dedicated to law research, to law institutes um, at uh, universities. 
Grua has historically um, sponsored students and professors in the field of IP law. Um, Grua is very closely linked to the Max Planck Institute, which in Germany, Europe, and even globally is one of the most uh, influential uh, um, educating entities in the field of IP protection. So um, as a result of this strong um, involvement in the education, everybody who joins the profession, be it in a court, be it in uh, a, a ministry of justice uh, or uh, another IP authority, um, has along his way um, been equated to Gruel and um, uh, we are proud to say that um, most IP experts are uh, thrilled and enthusiastic about uh, being active in this association. So after eight years in a very international organization like AIPPI, what uh, challenges do you see joining the executive committee of GRUA? The challenges are that GRUA is very close to implementation where AIPPI was working on an international level, um, which is uh, a bit remote from the actual changes. Gruer is commenting on current law projects. Gruer is in a constant dialogue with our national and our European regional IP authorities. Gruer really participates in the day-to-day -day business of developing the IP system. That is one thing. The second thing is Gruer is the strongest publisher in IP literature in Germany. Gruer publishes, I think it is now four uh, different uh, monthly journals um, focusing on IP. And to my knowledge, the Gruer journals are the most relevant publications are the publications that are always cited in court decisions. And uh, this strong publication activity uh, was was not observed uh, at AIPPI only on a, on a lower level. So um, that'll be a new field of experience. And then, of course, the direct um, cooperation with our universities and supporting the scientific branch uh, of IP law. That'll be new to me. Well, thank you very much for spending so much of your valuable time with our listeners. Um, I hope you will find IP Fridays useful in your future career. <laughs> and thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me and I wish you a lot of success and uh, your listeners a lot of uh, fun with the next IP Friday sessions. Thank you, Stefan. So in the beginning, I promised you to tell you more about Viagra and the expired patent of Viagra. In fact, a Chinese company called Guangzhou Baiyushan Pharmaceutical Company has launched a generic erectile dysfunction drug based on Viagra, the molecule of Viagra at least, and is planning to sell the drug at half the price of Viagra. The patent on the molecule of Viagra expired in May of this year, so anyone in theory, is free to develop a drug or bring a drug to the market. 
So this particular Chinese company developed the drug within the last 10 years and had it approved by the China Food and Drug Administration. And they just issued a press release where Deputy Director Wang Wenchu was really excited to tell us about the launch of this new drug. Just as a recap, Pfizer has made around $10 billion in the last 11 years with this drug. And of course, the Chinese company wants to take a share of this. Just to give you an idea about the market of these kinds of drugs in China, the market share for Viagra was... 145 million dollars in 2013 compared to 50 million dollars for Cialis and 13 million dollars for Levitra. It is expected that Guangzhou Bioshan Pharmaceutical Company will launch several similar products in the near future to quickly see them place in the market. If you want to read more about this, just go to www.ipfridays.com slash Viagra, www.ipfridays.com slash Viagra. Thank you for listening and keep in touch until next time when we will tell you about how you will be able to get the original Christmas market mugs from the original German Christmas market in Cologne. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, Please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes, and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.